body aches at bedtime, Sierra Sil is a natural mineral supplement that supports joint health, calms inflammation, and we're so sure it'll work for you as it has for me and my husband for over 10 years. It has a money-back guarantee. Go to sierrasil.com, S-I-E-R-R-A-S-I-L, and use the code DRIFT for 10% off. Hello, I'm Erin, and welcome to DRIFT. I'm happy to share this tale of a childhood friend. Perhaps you had a Raggedy Ann or Andy doll, maybe both. And we'll share one of Ann's stories here with you tonight. Maybe as time goes on, I'll add more to our sleeping bag of drift stories. We'll see. Drift is free to you thanks to Envy Pillow, created by two registered nurses, initially as something to help prevent wrinkles, like with your regular pillow. But now it's so much more ecologically sensitive, collagen-boosting copper-infused. Oh, and copper also helps prevent the spread of germs. You can sleep better on an Envy pillow. Learn more in the morning, why don't you? And why they're my perfect sleep partner at EnvyPillow.com. And don't forget to use the code DRIFT for 10% off anything you purchase at Envy Pillow. Before we take you to the story behind Raggedy Ann, and then her own adventure, a gentle one, because of course, you're going to sleep. There will be no Indiana Jones boulders or anything, I promise you. Let us get in a place of deep relaxation. That starts with a breath. Just a nice slow inhale now. And exhale. Let's do it again. Counting four on the inhale. One, two, three, four. And a nice slow six count on the exhale. One, two, three, four, five, six. Good. Let's focus on the body for a moment starting down at your feet, if you're able. Just let them feel heavy on your sofa, in your chair, in your bed, where your whole body is sinking into your mattress. Let your legs feel like weighted logs. You're not holding on to anything in your hips or belly, and your shoulders and neck are completely relaxed. No more working to hold up that busy head of yours as your arms feel completely limp and comfortable while you rest let's move to your face let your eyebrows drop down your eyelids feel so heavy your mouth and jaw completely relaxed and finally with one more breath in let's Exhale together and think these words. I am safe. I am loved. I am at peace. And with that, let's drift. Stories of Raggedy Ann were written over 100 years ago by a man named Johnny Gruel. He begins his storybook a compilation of this little doll's adventures by writing 
that his mother's dear old Raggedy Ann sits before him, propped up against a telephone. He wonders what adventure she must have had, her stuffing having been pulled out since by mice in search of a cozy nest, and her shoe-button eyes reflecting the electric light. It's rather amazing, isn't it, to think that in the one hundred-plus years since Mr. Cruel wrote and illustrated his stories, the light he speaks of is still very much a part of our lives. But you might be hard-pressed to find a phone against which to lean your doll. Not one that's hardwired, anyway. No matter the changes that the decades have brought, a connection with a precious and well-loved plaything, and the imagination that one who cherishes it must use to bring it to life day after day haven't changed a bit. And so we bring to you the introduction to this book of tales about a little girl and her very special friend. Here we go. Marcella would visit her grandma's sweet little old house, way out in the country. When she was there, she would play up in the attic, for it was full of forgotten things. One day, Marcella had tired of playing with a dusty spinning wheel up there and curled up on an old couch to rest. From that spot, she saw something she hadn't noticed before. A barrel. A dark brown wooden barrel with rusted bands holding it together, tucked way back behind two trunks that clearly hadn't been moved in ages. Marcella climbed over the trunks to a place that the light barely touched and dug carefully in the barrel, pulling out a few bundles she found there. She carried them in her arms over to a dormer window so she could see what it was she had gathered. There she saw a funny white bonnet with ribbons, and Marcella giggled and put it on her head. Then she spotted it, an old rag doll with only one shoe-button eye and a painted nose and smiling mouth. She wore a dress made of soft material. It was blue, covered with pretty little flowers and dots. Marcella dropped her other treasures and ran to the steps leading down and out of the attic. Carefully but quickly, she took those steps and ran down to show her doll to her grandmother. Well, well, where did you find that? cried Grandma. It's old Raggedy Ann. And the little woman hugged the doll to her chest. I had forgotten all about her. She's been in the attic for, ooh, fifty years, I guess. Then she said, Stay here, and ran to get her sewing kit and a tin of buttons. Marcella watched in excitement as her grandmother sewed a matching eye onto Raggedy Ann, all the while telling her granddaughter how she played with the doll when she was a little girl. When her grandma was done, the little girl was officially introduced to the doll. Grandma, who made the doll bow as she made the girl's acquaintance, said that Raggedy Ann 
would enjoy seeing all the changes in the world since she'd been put up in the corner of the attic. And so she did. And this is the tale of how Raggedy Ann learns a lesson. One day the dolls were left all by themselves. Their little mistress had placed them all around her bedroom and told them, Be nice children now while I'm away, won't you? The dolls all sat there, still as statues, until there wasn't a sound coming from anywhere in the house. It was then that the tin soldier turned his head and gave Raggedy Ann a solemn wink. Right then, said he, let's go have some fun. Shall we find a bite to eat? Yes, yes, cried all of the dolls in unison. Raggedy Ann nodded in agreement. When Mistress had me out playing with her this morning, I smelled the most delicious things. Shall we go explore? And with that, she stood up, rather wobbly-like, as of course she was only made of cloth, and beckoned the other toys to follow along. Hooray, said the rest of the dolls. Raggedy Ann shall be our leader. Let's go. And off they went, a small gang of playthings, to seek adventure, and most of all, to find out what delicious things awaited. Raggedy Ann was very proud to have been chosen to be in charge. So off they went, at a very good pace, until they came to the pantry door. This is the place, cried Raggedy Ann, so proud to have remembered where it was her little girl had brought her by the hand that morning. All of the dolls could smell that there was definitely something very good to eat in here. But there was a problem. That was an extremely large door, a very tall door, and none of the dolls was up to reaching the knob to open it. What to do? What to do? Raggedy Ann plunked herself down on the floor and began running her hand through her red yarn hair. The other dolls knew this sign well. It meant that she was thinking. Shh, shh, they said. She's having an idea. So Raggedy Ann thought. And then she thought some more. There must be a way to get inside, she said. Raggedy Ann says there must be a way to get inside. All of the dolls whispered. But I can't seem to think clearly today. Whatever is the problem, I wonder. At this, the little French doll, wearing her hair up and a crisp white apron, ran over to Raggedy Ann, pulled a pin from her skirt and said, There's a rip in your head, Anne. I shall fix it. And voila, good as new. Sorry that I got some puckers in it. But it will work now, I am sure. And just like that, thanks to some fast stitching, Raggedy Ann suddenly felt as though she could think clearly again. Merci, she said to the French doll. My thoughts must have leaked out that tear before. Now Raggedy Ann can think straight. 
said the other dolls. And do you know, that is exactly what she began to do. It seems to me, she said, as her curious group listened in, hanging on her every word, for she was, you remember, chosen to be their leader in this great adventure. This door is locked, and so we must find a way to unlock it. Wondering why they hadn't thought of that themselves, the band of merry toys nodded in agreement. So what shall we do, Raggedy Ann? they asked. I know, piped up the Dutch doll, who says, Mama, when he is tipped backward and forward. This will be easy. We will have the brave tin soldier shoot the key right out of the lock. A murmur arose among the group, and the tin soldier raised his rifle to shoot, and with a quick bang and a click, the key was shot right out of the hole and landed with a clink on the floor. Tucking it into her apron, Raggedy Ann pointed to each toy and gave instructions. One after the other, the dolls climbed up upon each other's shoulders, until at last, at the very top, stood Raggedy Ann, who, carefully dipping one hand into her pocket, managed to get a grip on the key, place it in the hole, and turn it. Until there was a glorious click, and the door opened, which was a good thing, until all of the dolls tumbled to the floor in a pile of laughter. The door swung open. Let the adventure continue. Like a colony of hungry ants, they climbed over one another, all wanting to be first to get at the goodies. In their eagerness, a pitcher of cream was dumped all over the French dolly's dress. Quel dommage! A jar of blackberry jam, all sticky and sweet, was overturned, and the dollies ate and ate of this jelly confection until their faces were all covered with purple. The tin soldier fell from the shelf, not once, not even twice, but three times, and bent one of his tin legs. But did that stop him? <laughs> oh no, it did not. Each time, he scrambled right back up again to resume his feast. So they munched and licked and loved every sweet moment of their adventure, this ragtag group of toys who had escaped from Mistress's bedroom and never had had such fun and excitement. That is, until they heard the click of the front gate. Did you hear that? asked the French doll, dropping the butter knife she had been wielding quite deftly. Yes, said the tin soldier. I reckon I did. What shall we do, Raggedy Ann? They all turned their attention to the brave and brilliant expedition leader, eyes wide with fear and anticipation. Back to our room, pronto, she cried. And with that, not one toy took his or her time, carefully climbing down from shelves or the tabletop and chairs. Oh, no. They all rolled or jumped off to the floor, 
and scrambled back to Missy's room as fast as their little legs could take them, leaving behind a trail of breadcrumbs and jam as they did. And do you know, no sooner did the toys arrive in the room than they heard their mistress's footsteps. As she opened her door, the dolls fell into place right where they stood and lay as still on the floor as they possibly could. Now all of this looked quite, well, strange to the little girl, who noticed immediately that things were not as they should be. This is funny, cried Mistress. They were all left sitting in their places around the room. Why, I wonder if Pepper has been shaking them up. Yes, that must have been it, she thought. Somehow the dog had come in and created this disarray. But then, then she saw the purple on Raggedy Ann's face. No dog could do that, she thought, and said, Why, Raggedy Ann, you are all sticky. I do believe you are covered in jam. Then the girl tasted the doll's tiny cloth mitten of a hand and said, Yes, it's jam. Shame on you, Raggedy Ann. You've been in the pantry. Then she looked around the room, and seeing the other toys covered in butter and jam and crumbs, cried, Why, you've all been in the pantry. With that, the girl dropped her doll on the floor and walked out of the room at a fast pace, full of purpose. What do you suppose this means? asked the tin soldier. Je ne sais pas said the French doll, shaking her head that she did not know. But I don't think it will be good. When the little girl returned, she was wearing an apron, and the sleeves of her flowered cotton dress were rolled up above her elbows. She picked up each and every one of her sticky toys and put them into a basket and then carried them out of the room, down the hall, and out into the yard where she sat the basket down under an apple tree. There she had placed a tub of soapy water and a small washboard that she borrowed from her mother's laundry room, and picking them up one at a time, the girl scrubbed and scrubbed each doll with a small brush, then dipped and dunked them in the soapy water again and again until each one was clean. With a squeeze, and a twist, she wrung out each doll, except the tin soldier, of course. He couldn't be twisted, for he was already dented and bruised from his adventures, and must be handled with care, and then hung them carefully on a clothesline in the breeze to dry. There they were hung all day in the gentle winds and warm sunshine, swinging and twisting about on the swaying clothesline. After about an hour of sunshine, Raggedy Ann was the first to pipe up, saying, I wouldn't be at all surprised if she had scrubbed me so hard my smile is gone. No, it's still there, said the tin soldier from a nearby stump upon which he'd been placed to dry off. But I do fear I can never move my arms again without squeaking, for I'm sure that I've rusted through and through. Just then, 
The wind twisted the little Dutch doll and loosened his clothespin. He fell to the grass below with a bump, and as he rolled over, he said, Mama, in a squeaky voice. Late in the afternoon, as the sun was getting lower in the sky, and the gentle winds died down, the little girl came out of the house and entered the yard. She brought with her a crate, plus a little table and chairs. After setting the table with the small glass dishes that had been in the box, she gathered up the dolls from the clothesline, the stump, and even the ground, and placed them in chairs around the table. From a small white teapot, she served lemonade that had grape jelly mixed in, which made for a delightfully lavender-colored beverage. Then she served little baby teeny-weeny cookies with powdered sugar on them. After this lovely dinner, the dolls were gathered up once more in Mistress's basket and taken inside the house, where they had their hair brushed and their nicest clean nighties put on. Then Mistress placed them in their beds, tucked them in, and kissed each one good night. Then tiptoed from the room. The dolls lay still as rocks for the longest time. And then Raggedy Ann raised herself up on one cotton stuffed elbow and said, I've been thinking. Shh, said the other dollies. Raggedy has been thinking. Yes. I've been thinking, she continued. Our mistress gave us that lovely dinner out under the trees so that she might teach us a lesson. She wanted us to know that we could have all the goodies we wished whenever we wished, just as long as we behave ourselves. So our lesson was that we must never take without asking, especially when we could have what we want if we just ask nicely. The other dolls, quite tired but listening just the same, murmured in agreement. She continued, We must all remember this lesson and try never again to do anything which might cause those who love us any unhappiness at all. The rest of the dolls chimed in together, Let us all remember. And as a quiet fell upon that sweet bedroom, Raggedy Ann lay back in her bed, her shoe-button eyes twinkling, and her cotton head filled with thoughts of love and happiness. And as you lay your head softly, heavily, wherever you are right now, I wish you a good night and sweet dreams.